y'all. Good morning. This is uh, the History Woes podcast, and yeah. I'm Morgan. I'm Lexi. We're happy to have you here. <laughs> Th- thanks for coming back, yeah. or coming for the first time. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's morning time. I just drank some sugar-free Red Bull. I'm ready to party. I'm, uh, I'm on coffee and water still. I had coffee already. You're so caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> I need a lot. I need a lot to jumpstart this junk truck that I'm dragging. <laughs> Stop. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, but I'm ready. I, I am I'm ready for the day. I'm very excited. And y'all know why? Because I'm going to see dogs again. <laughs> this is how I get when I know dogs are in my future. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. How was your week? Did you do anything fun? So this was, I, <laughs> I started off this week knowing it was going to be a difficult week. But, like, only mm, work-heavy. A work-heavy week. We had, like, a lot to do. And Logan had a lot to do with school. And I was, so I was getting off work and then, like, helping him with, like, some schoolwork. And I was like, okay, this is going to be a crunch time kind of week. And it was. And we had some wins and we had some losses. But all around, I think it was a very productive week, which I am thrilled about. Good. Mm Mm-hmm. I had a... (laughs) I had a crisis yesterday of, like, wanting to go to Disney again. Here's my CEO. <laughs> Every week she puts out um, Friday with the CEO, and she, like, does, like, an update, like, of the firm and, like, what she's doing in her life and, like, book recommendations. It's very fun. But she had, like, taken, like, her family and I think maybe some of their friends to Disney. I was like, jeez. Like, you got to make CEO money to go yeah. there, though. Like, Disney's insane now. It's wild. I used to be able to afford season passes mm-hmm. like and to be able to, it wasn't the nicest one version of them but like in the middle it was the season passes they, they had some blackout dates but you could still go and have a really good time and wow like you just can't nobody can afford to go anymore yeah, no, it's like, like you can go to europe dollars yeah you can literally go to europe for a disney vacation and that's like we don't even have to fly there yeah and it's still cheaper to take a vacation to another country it's at this wild. point yeah yeah so that sucks but I'll, I'm going to get there, guys. I just got other things on my list, you know? That's fair. Things to save. That's Before fair. I can see the mouse, the house yeah. of mouse again. How was your week? It was great. Uh, so we, it, like, work was work. Um, but uh, Thursday night, we got to go see Wicked. Um, oh, so jelly. Yeah, Michael's cousin got us tickets as a uh, wedding gift. Mm-hmm. And she got us, like, really nice orchestra seats. Uh, so... That was fantastic. I had never seen it before. I want to see it so, so bad. Good. Defying Gravity is just one of those songs that just yeah. hits. Like it. Ooh, it's. I haven't obviously. I've only heard the um, Idina Menzel. Oh no, I'm, I'm forgetting her name. The little lady who's such a great singer. Um, but I've heard their version from Broadway mm-hmm. on my Spotify, and oh my gosh, it is. Oh, that song slaps. It's so good. The mm-hmm. whole play is just heart-wrenching and hilarious mm-hmm. and loved it. Um, and then yesterday, uh, my coworkers, we had a, like a work-sponsored mm-hmm. thing at Topgolf. Um, mm-hmm. And then we all ended up going out and hanging out after. Mm-hmm. So And that was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, I told them about the podcast, so TBD and if they'll be listening. <laughs> I, I love we get together with our work people, and I'm like, I have a podcast. And then like as soon as I say that, I start becoming very anxious. Because yeah. I'm like, I remember everything I've said, and I'm like, so I curse on it. Um, and I have, a, I have a lot of, like, you know, it's like, I have opinions. <laughs> yeah, you're going to know me by yeah, the end of it. I tell people about it, and then immediately that I work with, and I'm like, oh, wait. Mm, <laughs> do I want to listen to this? I hope yeah. you're enjoying it if you Look, are listening to it, It's fine. Guys. We're millennials, so, <laughs> you know, we're required 
We are. We're required. We have a lot of... I, I know I've got a lot of opinions. Uh, also, this week, two songs came out. Very different vibes <laughs> for each of them. But two of the TikTok people I've been following for a long time. And now they're just doing really well, which is great. Um, so Paris Paloma's Labor came out. Um, very, very good song. But if you're going to listen to that one, you got to be prepared to probably be a little bit enraged. Um, alternatively... Natty Dread just came out with the song Older, and that shit, I've been playing it on beats in my head. It is so, it's such a happy vibe. It's like, it, that song is just sunlight. Cool. <laughs> I love that song. So if you're, if you want to be like a happy, happy vibe, Older is a very good song. Good. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you. Me too. I was like, wow, these, all these great songs came out this week. Uh, Shia Danny also came out with a song, but that one was really sad. The one with the the glam kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't love her music. I do, however, love her glam kitchen. It's one of my favorite things. Yeah. The song that she came out with, like, I read the explanation about it, which I think made it a better song to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it was, like, really come from a really sad place. The song was fine. (laughs) But, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, all all around, it's it's been a good morning. Yeah. Got up. I had older on repeat while I got ready and it just uplifted my mood to a great place. I'm so glad. <laughs> I had a Cuban food DoorDash to me this morning. Oh so girl, yes. It was yes. so I, good. Ugh, I Cuban got roast food. pork and mm-hmm. well I did the pigeon pea rice so like yellow rice and Yeah, this peas. is Florida guys. We'll have a full on Cuban food dinner for breakfast. Yep. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> and Cuban bread and yeah. fried plantains. Yeah. And the roast pork had like a couple of the crispy porks Ooh. on top. Yes, it was so good. Oh my gosh. Anyway, so uh, so this whole month is gonna be Patreon week. Yeah, or month rather. So all of our stories have been requested by our Patreons. Um, very excited to be doing. Yes. This. Um. So we've got a lot of really good stories too to like tell you guys about. And I think our first one is going to be our very first Patreon. I Eric. believe he was. Yeah. 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 Eric. And he's, so he, re- I know, did he request yours specifically? Or no. He, just like- he requested, inter- so Pirates Not in the Caribbean. And I am going to mess that up a little bit. I'm sorry, my guy. But uh, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> one of us understood the assignment. I can't remember he, what he does. He said. Other, he goes other places. But yeah, so Eric requested International Pirates. International Pirates. Okay, so International Pirates, and I have delivered on that request, Eric. So uh, our drinks today are also sponsored by Eric. When he was up here last time, he gave us um, a bottle, which just, I mean, it automatically goes with Pirates. It is the Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve. So our drinks are in the Caribbean and Scotland, um, but, <laughs> but um, much like my pirate, yeah. So yeah, so uh, well, not Scotland, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because normally it's not like a that's it's a weird mixture. Like they we're not weird. It's a it's a unique mixture that you wouldn't normally see. Mm-hmm. So like a Scotch that's a Caribbean reserve is 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 different. Mm-hmm. And I so, think Eric told us it wasn't super peaty, which I'm excited to try this. When so. I t- took a sip of the drink I made, which now I have, I'm sorry, I think the ice is melted a little. Um, I did not catch scotch off of it. I thought okay. it was whiskey because I didn't okay. read the bottle. Um, <laughs> I had just forgotten that it was uh, scotch altogether. So that's cool. So the one that we're starting with is called the Tartan Tiki. Um, throwing it back to the scotch slash 
uh, Caribbean. It is an ounce and a half of the Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve, uh, half an ounce of pineapple juice, two dashes of Angostura bitters, and then you top with a peach-flavored sparkling water. Hmm. So this was on their website, um, and that's what we're going to be doing for both the drinks today. That They had, like, five top ten their recommendation for the drink. So I'm very excited yours to try. Thank with you. the the piratey hand. Yes, we've got uh the lovely glasses that Morgan got me, uh the skeleton hand yeah. holding a stemless wine glass. Yeah. So it's, cheers. Cheers. Try it out. Oh, that's very nice. It's yeah, uh, it's so light. It's very light. If you got so they had several recipes. Some were a little bit easier to make. Uh, I know we're both on a fitness journey right now, so I was like, this one seemed like it would be probably one of the more diet-friendly ones. I made it to the gym three times this week. Hell yeah. I'm I knew so proud of me. I'm very proud of you. So this week I knew I was like, I had too much work. I was yeah. like, I know I'm not going to make it. But I still lost weight this week, y'all. Hell yeah. <laughs> so Get it, girl. I was thrilled with that. I my... haven't weighed myself, but... Well, that's that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so th- this one I thought would be diet-friendly, so but also... Like, pretty fresh and uh, pretty light. And yeah, I, I didn't it's catch... It's a good daytime drink. Yeah, I didn't catch scotch off this. It's not peaty. Yeah, so... It's, um... It it almost tastes like, uh... The peach Arizona iced tea. Yeah, kind of. Is what it reminds me of. And it's, it's a little bitter, because, I mean, it's still scotch. Um, so it almost gives off, um, Aperol Spritz vibes, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's light like a spritz. Like, there's not like a, it's not a huge punch of flavor. It's something yeah. you could drink on a golf course. Yeah. It's very For nice. Sure. It's a good summer. Mm-hmm. If you're out on a boat, sailing uh, the high boat. seas. Oh, yes. Going to, uh, I don't know, fuck some people up or something. Hell yeah. All right. So let's crack into some stories. Let's do All it. Right. Uh, okay, everyone. So I'm very excited to tell this story. Um, I've known about this, this lady for a little while. Um... And we're going to have some pirates from a place. That may not be your first thought when thinking of where pirates call home. But boy, howdy, were there a lot of pirates here. And in advance, y'all, please forgive any mispronunciations. If you think I was bad with French. Okay. Or look, bad with Gaelic. If they're still listening to this podcast, they have to let that go. <laughs> because I'm here. So <laughs> I, and that's just... 80% of my personality is mispronouncing things, so <laughs> but, it's, it's yeah. fine. If you, if you thought I was bad with those languages, I am really bad with the Chinese language. But I did look up, I looked up how to pronounce everything in my story today. I did my homework, but if I still get it wrong, I, I apologize. <laughs> but We're going to gonna try. Yeah. I, and also, every everybody's name... Is om- their first? I don't. I don't think in the Chinese culture it's called like a first name, but it for for Westerners, everybody's first name is like one letter off. So I'm I'm gonna try my best not to. If you're a Chinese person listening or a Chinese speaker, I'm sorry mm-hmm. <laughs> if I mess it up. But um, okay, so today we're gonna tell the story of Xingxi, the most successful pirate to ever pirate. Um. So, Xingxi was born in 1775 in the Guangdong, China region. 
Um, not much is known about her early life, but it's believed that she worked on what was known as a flower boat. Ooh. Um, which is a fancy name for a floating saloon slash brothel. Oh. <laughs> you know, that's not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Me neither. When I heard it, I was like, ooh, a flower boat. That sounds so pretty. But and it, may, it probably was pretty. It's but look, of, I mean, yeah. you've got all these dudes out at sea, y'all that's trying to make some money. That's what I'm saying. I get, they're like, right. hey, we'll come to you. You don't even need to go to shore. It's a floating, yeah. It's, we'll, it's just, we'll come yeah. to you. What's up? And then, um, come to us. It's unknown if she, she was a sex worker or a madam, but I think based on my sources, it was probably like both with her like ending up as a madam or a procure. Um, in 1801, according to legend, uh, which you can take with a grain of salt because there's a few stories that like it, it varies, but um, uh, a well-known pirate, uh, Shing Yi, no longer wanted to be a bachelor. So, in a skeevy move. Um, but, I mean, he is a pirate after all. Um, and a man. And a, Ew. Um, <laughs> in the pirate version of The Bachelor, you just go steal some women. Oh. <laughs> yeah. This is not condoned by this podcast. Don't, yeah, don't steal people. Um, but within the group of women that he stole was Xing Shi. And when she was untied, she immediately started to fight him. Hell and tried yeah. tried to claw his eyes out. Beat his ass. Right? Beat his ass. Beat his ass. <laughs> but I guess that was Shing's kink. Uh, kink because oh, shit. Uh, he was like, damn, oh, girl, no. be my wife. And he offered her a bunch of money and treasures. And she told him he could fuck right off unless he gave her half of his fleet. And that's Ooh, exactly what he gave damn. her. Damn. Um, he yeah. said, throw them hands, girl, and then throw it back. <laughs> um, and Xingxi flourishes as a pirate queen. Uh, soon after they're married, uh, Shang Yi's cousin, who was also a successful pirate, was captured and executed. Well, I guess not so successful at this point. Cat uh, was captured and executed by the wind forces in the town of Shengping. I'm trying. Um... Shang uh, Yi quickly took over his cousin's fleet, but pirates, right? So there was a large amount of infighting amongst them, but Xing Shi uh, was a very capable consolidator and organizer. Women hear us roar. Um, <laughs> and managed to unite the pirates into a confederation through the signing of an agreement in July of 1805, in which each pirate leader agreed to sacrifice some of his autonomy for the greater good, with Sheng Yi as patriarch and Sheng Shi uh, as an organizer. The confederation considered uh, consisted of six fleets known by the color of their flags. They had the red flag fleet, the black Blue, white, yellow, and green flag fleets. Um, with Shing Yi uh, commanding the biggest fleet in the Confederation, the red, the red flag fleet. And the fleets went by some pretty metal names. Like Bird and Stone. Or Scourge <laughs> of the Eastern Sea. Ooh. Frog's Meal? I don't know. I feel like that one was... I don't know. Um, and then the, the other one who was like, you know what? Fuck them. Our name is the Jewel of the Whole Crew. Uh, they said we're the pretty girl (laughs) right um so under sheng yi and xing shi's rule the pirates were working as a sort of mafia-like protection ring over the local merchant vessels um there was a bustling spice market operating off the coast of southeast china particularly in the salt trade 
Pirates would capture the ships, moving the spices, but then force them to keep working. But now they were working for the pirates. Did you pick this because of the salt trade? No. No. I just think because she's really cool, but the salt trade was a very nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> we salty. Uh, salty sea dogs. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so now they'd be working for the, the pirates. But soon the salt merchants, I assume tired of being bombarded by pirates, would just contact the pirates and pay them off so they could keep doing their jobs without the pirates fucking with them. Um Seeing this as a successful business venture, the pirates expanded into the rest of the merchant vessels in the area, so fishing vessels, and sometimes even going on land to plunder and pillage harbors. Um, The Chinese government knew they were completely outmatched by the pirates, and the Navy ships went as far as to avoid pirate ships in the area. They're like, "Mm, nope. If they saw them, they're like, oh, let's get out of (laughs) here. Um... The emperor, understanding he had no moves militarily, offered Sheng Yi a position in his government in hopes that maybe he'd turn his pirate hat in to be the master of the stables, which would indefinitely trade in the leader's sea legs for working inland only. But um, he gets ponies. <laughs> that's true. Uh, Sheng Yi accepted the role, but then pirates, you know, he soon goes back to living the life, a pirate's life. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. I was really hoping that you would do that. I was like, we have to sing the song, but I was like, I couldn't type it in that well. Um, it has to be natural. Um, so Shang Yi and Shen Shi uh, continued on their roles of pirate king and pirate queen for five years. Uh, but then in 1807, Shang Yi dies. Some reports say he might have died in battle or by execution. Or his wife murdered him. You know? <laughs> and some accounts say, he, say he fell overboard during a storm oh. <laughs> but whatever the reason suspicious yeah don't be suspicious uh but for whatever the reason this left shang shi um in a bit of a pre- precarious situation without her pirate king by her side but she hadn't gotten as far as she had by being a meek and mild type lady uh shang shi was fierce and she moved to cement her p- position as pirate queen quickly say that three times fast pirate queen quickly um she secured the loyalty of the various lieutenants captaining the different colored fleets fleets uh which helps solidify her hold as the pirate's leader but there are a few more orders of business to attend to now that the red fleet's captain sheng yi was dead the fleet was naturally inherited by his adopted son sheng pao sheng pao had become a pirate at the age of 15 after Sheng Yi captured him at sea and forced him into piracy. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> it's a weird relationship those two have. Yeah. Um, and it was at this time, just a, just a few weeks after Sheng Yi's death, that Sheng Shi makes kind of a weird move to fully cement her power, but darn it if it doesn't work. Sheng Shi enters into a sexual relationship with Sheng Pao. Oh. Who had been her adopted son, and I guess still is. I don't know. But the two soon get married. Yeah. So I have... But thus, this does make Shang shi still the leader of the pirates and married yeah. to the commander of the most powerful fleet. Now, a couple things here. They're not that far apart in age. I think they're like 10 years. I think she's like in her early 30s. He's like his early 20s. Um. So he got... He got kidnapped at, like, the age of 15 and forced into piracy by this dude. And I don't know if she ever fully loved her husband all that much. And it is speculated that maybe that these two had a sexual relationship before he died. So maybe him falling off 
a ship during a storm. <laughs> I don't suspicious. know. I don't know. It's just something I was reading. I was like, that looks weird. That looks weird. Um, and then it within weeks they're married. All like right. uh, after his death, yeah, and he's the most powerful. Not planned fleet. at all. <laughs> right. It just everything fell in very well. Um, he becomes the most powerful fleet leader. She's pirate queen unquestioned he consults with her on anything that he does now well yeah it's his mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i don't know it's yeah you know i don't know (laughs) but um (laughs) i know i know guys i'm sorry history i be like that sometimes Uh, (laughs) it's like Pornhub, but that's where it started i know please stop Uh, understanding that maybe this was weird, or maybe just didn't want pirates to act like pirates, uh, Xingxi put some new laws in place. Insubordination was punishable by decapitation. Okay. Anyone stealing from pirates' general funds was also considered considered a yeatable offense. Um, and she outlawed the word plunder, and she <laughs> replaced it with transshipment of goods. <laughs> Come on, guys, be cool. We don't plunder, we transship them. That's funny. <laughs> Um, She's like, it's all about branding. <laughs> right. Uh, at this time, Xingxi is at the height of her power uh, with her weird husband choices, but they're both of age, so like still gross, but choices, man. Um, and Xingxi has more than 70,000 men under her command and 1,600 ships, which, for reference, Bartholomew Roberts or Black Bart, arguably the most successful pirate uh, where he was sailing around, uh, had around 400 ships under his command at the height of his rule. In fact, Xingxi had more ships and men than the nine most successful pirates ever, after her, of course, uh, combined. More than Francis Drake, more than Henry Morgan, more than Blackbeard, more than Captain Kidd. Suck it, other pirates. She had the most. Um... And Xingxi wasn't afraid of using her power against anyone that might threaten her. In 1808, she received word from her spies that an imperial admiral was preparing an attack. So she sent out a few of her boats to act as bait. And when the admiral engaged, the rest of Xingxi's fleet surrounded the imperial ships and ended in a very decisive win for Xingxi and the admiral unaliving himself. Um... (laughs) In 1809, Shinshi starts using her ships to plunder, I mean transship, not just the ocean, but up through Chinese rivers, in particular the Pearl River. In August of 1809, Shinshi ordered a massive raid around the Dongguan uh, with the Red Flag Fleet, and the Black, the black Flag Fleet geez, would raid around Shundi, uh, Shund, I'm not sure guys, I tried. And Xingxi would lead the raid around Xinhui with her personal fleet. The Black Flag fleet worked their way through numerous waterways along the Pearl River for six weeks, which ultimately caused the deaths of approximately 10,000 people. In early September, Shengpao destroyed a large town and killed about 2,000 inhabitants. So they are piratin. Yay! <laughs> Now desperate to stop the pirates, Chinese officials looked to other foreign powers to help in the fight against Xingxi and the Pirate Confederation. In September of 1809, the Portuguese Empire agreed to help. Xingxi had captured the ship of the Portuguese governor of Timor, and the Portuguese were looking for some payback. Um, in early November of 1809, Xingxi left the Pearl River with only a few ships and anchored at Tungsheng Bay. 
for like maintenance and repairs. On November 4th, the Portuguese sent four ships into the bay after her. She immediately called the Red Flag Fleet for help, which is captained by her husband. Um, on the 5th, they arrived, but see that the Portuguese were gone and decided to also anchor and repair and maintenance their ships. But on the 8th, the Portuguese are back with six ships under, oh, the, no. com- under the command of artillery captain Jose Pinto Alcofornado de Azevedo y Sousa. The names in this episode are killing me. I'm doing my best. You're um, doing a great job. <laughs> the six ships blockaded Xingxi and Shangpao in the Tungshung Bay. On the 20th, 93 ships from the provincial fleet or imperial fleet joined the Portuguese in their blockade. This isn't a very big bay. Like, when I was looking at this on Wikipedia, like, it's wild that they like, they had that. I don't know how this was set up, but that's a lot of fucking ships for where we're talking about. Um... The pirates made various attempts to attack and break through the blockade, but were unsuccessful because of unfavorable winds. On the 23rd, the pirates managed to capture one ship from the Imperial fleet and killed all 74 men on board. The situation kind of turned into a stalemate after that, so frustrated with the lack of progress, the leader of the Imperial ships converted 43 of his ships into fire ships and set them drifting towards the pirates. But, like, pirates are really good at sailing and everything, so they just diverted the fire ships and towed them ashore, extinguished the fires, and broke them up for firewood. And around this time, the wind changed, so two of the fire ships were blown back into the Imperial fleet, igniting two of their own ships. This isn't looking too good for them. <laughs> On the 29th, Xingxi and Xingpao took ad- advantage of the changing winds and broke through the blockade and escaped into the South China Sea. The Imperial fleet lost three ships and 74 men, while the pirates lost 40 men and no ships. Damn. (laughs) Uh, Let me scroll down here. Uh, By 1810, Xingxi was getting pretty tired of the pirates' life. And now that she'd made international enemies, she was like, well, I guess I'll just retire. Having all of the negotiating power, she goes to the Chinese authorities and is like, how much will you pay me to retire? And at first they're like, geez, we'll do whatever you want, but you've got to give up those boats. And she said, nah, those are my boats. <laughs> and after negotiations stalled, the government finally caves. Her men were pardoned and paid by the government to retire. That's awesome. And many got jobs in the military, including her husband. Xingxi went on to live peacefully for the rest of her days, running an infamous gambling house until she died in her 60s. And that is my story on the best pirate to ever raise the colors, Xingxi. That's so fun. She I just fucking it. cashes out. She's like, yeah, I'm right. good. I've pirated. I've done my shit. I'm done. And uh, you're going to pay me to retire. I love that. I think uh, a thing you realize about piracy is that uh, you're there for a good time, not a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, interestingly, that's a lot of, that's something that a lot of women pirates figured out. Not as many men got there. Well, many so it, put to death. Yeah, before well, they could again, uh, realize they're there for a good time, not <laughs> yeah. a long time. No saying how that's going to end. Because we we had, but Anne you're Bonnie, not there right? for a long time. We talked about her, and she yeah. was just like eventually like, well, this Goodbye. fucking sucks. And then she tells this guy like, if you had fought, you wouldn't be about to die like a dog. And then turns around and just goes and lives a life somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that was that. Many women pirates cashed in, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys died. Not yep. all of them, but a fair amount. Um, it'd be like I, that. I'm about to tell you about a lot of men who died. So. <laughs> Prepare right. yourself. Yeah, we're gonna go make a new drink, uh, based on a cocktail that was given to us by the people who made the whiskey. 
scotch, excuse me. Um, so yeah, we'll be right back. I keep calling it whiskey because it doesn't taste like scotch. I keep forgetting. All right. We'll be right back, guys. Okay. Welcome back. back. We got a new, we got a new drink. Yeah. Um, so we just made a pineapple lime smash, uh, courtesy of the Glenlivet folks. Mm -hmm. Uh, it is Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve, pineapple juice, simple syrup, lime wedges, and mint leaves. Ooh, so fresh. So, All right. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yep. Let's cheers. <laughs> cheers. Shit. I was too excited. Mm -hmm. That's Ooh. beachy. It is. We is on the we are we are surfing the high seas now that we you can are. taste the scotch and that motherfucker. You like, can taste the booze, you can taste the pineapple and the mint and like I'm just put a little It's more it's lime. very good. And the lime juice is fresh. Toss it's, that in uh, there. That's actually very that's quite good actually. Yes. So, thanks Eric for these lovely cocktails. Yes. This is very good. Mhm. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> It's that single malt getting me. Yeah. I'm trying to like describe it based on other drinks I've had. It's almost like a painkiller, but way less creamy. Uh, yeah. yeah. And less coconutty. Yeah. I don't know. I don't... It's just, it's tropical. Mm -hmm. It's tropical. Mm -hmm. It's pineapple. It's lime. It's something it's... that if I saw on a menu, I probably wouldn't trust to try. Yeah. But it's very good. But I'm glad we did. Me too. It tastes like, you know, when you get those flight of drinks at, um, Bahama Breeze. Yeah. It one tastes of those. like one of yeah. those. It does. Yeah. Those uh, were the days. Yeah. Those were fun. Those those that, that was a good time. Mm -hmm. We 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 would go <laughs> we would go to the gym and then uh, immediately go get drinks at Bahama, Bahama Breeze. Breeze. It's not our fault. It was next to the Bahama Breeze. And then if you go, they'll give you this huge flight of all of their cocktails and it And it I was mean, like twenty five dollars right. and we would split it. Right. And it was a great time. Yeah. It was a great time. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Good way to fall on a budget. For sure. Okay. So, today, I know you brought him up very briefly, <laughs> uh, but today I'm going to tell you the true story behind every millennial's favorite pirate, <laughs> the Dread Pirate Roberts. <gasps> I'm very excited. <laughs> Um, and so you said that he had 400 ships under him. So like he had like he had managed to capture at least 400. Yes. Ships. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I just wanted to make that clear so we don't go into this with wrong expectations. He does not have his own fleet. Right. At any point. So here. right. So there was like a couple of different stories like in comparison to her. So uh, Captain Morgan. Hey. Um. They uh they attacked Panama once, and I think on he was commanding like a 1,200 ships at the time. But they weren't, like, all his. It was kind of, like, a weird mm -hmm. story. Um, and then with him, he was able to capture at least 400 yeah, ships. he captured But this and... bitch had 1,600 had ships at all times. She had a fleet. Yeah. She had but... several fleets. But, yes, please tell me about anyway, the Anyway, so. Pirates. Roberts. I'm ready. Born in 1682 with the name John Roberts in Pembrokeshire, Wales. John later changed his, changed his name to Bartholomew. No one really knows why he changed his name. Too but, many fucking Johns. Yeah. They're like, mm-mm. But it wasn't uncommon for pirates to take on aliases. And there was another famous pirate at this time, Bartholomew Sharp. And uh, Roberts may have grown up a fan. Okay. He went to sea at the age of 13, <laughs> but he didn't start appearing in history until 23 years later, in 1718. Golden age of piracy. Yes. 
1719, Roberts is the second mate on a slave ship called Princess when it gets overtaken by pirates. The pirates attacked from two separate ships, the Royal Rover and the Royal James, and they were led by Howell Davis. So he was taken prisoner. And I guess Davis, also originally from Pembrokeshire, heard the accent and was like, oh shit! That's a very distinct We're friends. accent. Yeah, a Welsh accent. Like, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you know when you hear it. Uh, so he started just being friendly towards Roberts. Okay. Uh, Davis came to learn that Roberts was a skilled navigator, and he liked that he could confide in Roberts and Welsh, and the rest of the crew wouldn't know what he was saying. Hell no, you won't. I don't know if you've ever seen any Welsh words. It gives German a run for its money. Like, if you look at the German language, you'll have, mm-hmm. like, words that look like a sentence. Yeah. They got a whole paragraph <laughs> of a word for us. And, yeah. and they'll say it, and it sounds shorter. And it's weird. It's like them, German, and Thai. Is Thai, like, the same? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And they have a different alphabet. They do? So, yeah. Okay. It but, looks like, like their alphabet is, like, 60 letters, I think. Wow. Yeah, so okay, they have well, more to choose well, from. Right, I was going to say, well, you got a lot of things to make words from. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Roberts was forced into joining the pirates, and initially he was extremely re- reluctant. But in the merchant navy, he was earning about four pounds per month. So, he, and he didn't really have room to move up in the ranks mm-hmm. to make more money. So he saw the appeal of piracy. Yo, for real, they're like almost the original socialists. Like, yeah, we talk about that. Okay, cool. Okay, we I'm sorry. Excuse me. I don't no, want to steal fine. any thunder. It's just, I, was, I watched Black Flag a lot, and that uh-huh. was, like, one of the appeals. Uh, well, I didn't watch all of it because it got shit, but originally it was good. And they talk about, like, how they share wealth mm-hmm. and stuff, so. Yeah, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few weeks after his capture, the Royal James had to be abandoned because it had been eaten through by worms. Mm-hmm. Ew. Uh, the Royal Rover headed for the island of Principe. Davis hoisted the flags of a British man-of-war and was allowed to enter the harbor. Wild. After a few days, Davis invited the governor to have lunch aboard the <laughs> ship, intending to hold him hostage for ransom. Davis had to send the boats out to collect the governor, and he was invited to call at the fort for a glass of wine first. But the Portuguese had discovered that their visitors were secretly pirates. Oh dear! And the they, Portuguese are just putting uh fucking oh yeah Portugal is all over here. Like shouldn't she still yeah a hundred years later, a hundred years later. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take a second. I was like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, hundred years. Damn Portugal. Yep. Uh, so they had, they ambushed Davis's party on its way to the to the fort, shooting Davis dead. <gasps> oh no. Oh, I mean, no. he's a pirate, so yeah. I guess. I mean, he probably it, did really it's, bad Again, shit. they're here for <laughs> yeah. they're here for a good time, not a long time. A new captain had to be elected. And these pirates were exceedingly democratic. <laughs> Davis's crew was divided into lords and commons. And if you were an officer, you were a lord. If you were not an officer, you were a common. So it's it, kind of split up like the parliament is. Yeah. In, in so England. I think they named it this as like a tongue-in-cheek to parliament. That's hilarious. But uh, yeah, so Bears. the lords had the right to propose a name okay. to the rest of the crew. Okay. So if you were commons, you couldn't propose. Okay. But you could vote. Okay. And, uh, six weeks after being captured and taken prisoner, 
Roberts was elected the new captain. Oh, damn. Just moving up. <laughs> moving on up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Finally getting a piece of the pie. Uh, so, Roberts' first act as captain was to lead the crew back to Principe to avenge the death of Captain Davis. Roberts and his crew landed on the island in the darkness of night and proceeded to kill most of the men. Damn. They stole all valuable items they could carry. And soon afterwards, he captured a Dutch guineaman? I don't know if that's a type of boat or what. I ran into so many different words for yeah. ship. There's a lot my... of boats in here. I'm not a boat scientist. <laughs> so I... There were several times in which it said brig instead of ship, and I was like, ship? I was, yep. I was like, I can't. I don't... I looked up. I did Google it, but then it looked like... It wasn't very clear still, so I was like, you know what? It's a ship. Yeah. That's a boat. If I saw that, I'd be like, that's a boat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry if any of you thought that we were um, ship scientists. My we're not. listen to this and be like, what in the fuck? You're oh, fired. Or probably Eric, too, probably, because he's... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Sorry, we tried. <laughs> uh, two days later, a British ship called the Experiment. Uh, he captured that as well. What a name. Yep. It was not a good experiment. <laughs> I hypothesize that. The pirate ship uh, started taking on water, uh, and they had to stop for provisions at Enamaboe, mm. mm-hmm. uh, where a boat was taken on whether the next voyage should be to the East Indies or to Brazil. Again, so democratic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boat was for Brazil. The culmination of the bravery and success of this adventure cemented most of the crew's loyalty to Roberts. They concluded that he was, quote, pistol proof, and they realized they would benefit by staying with him. The crew crossed the Atlantic and waited for two months off the coast of Brazil. No boats came. And they were about to leave for the West Indies when they encountered a fleet of 42 Portuguese ships in the Todos Santos Bay waiting for two men-of-war of 70 guns each to escort them back to Lisbon. Ooh. Roberts took one of the vessels and ordered her master to point out the richest ship in the fleet. And he pointed out the Sagrada Familia, a ship of 40 guns, a crew Ooh. of 170, Ooh. which Roberts and his men boarded and captured. Damn, that's a lot of guns. Yep. That's a heck of a ship to commandeer. Uh-huh. Sagrada Familia contained 40,000 gold coins and jewelry designed for the king of Portugal. Oh, shit. Uh Uh-huh. They took the king's ice. (laughs) Including a cross set with diamonds. Oh, my gosh. Looking so icy. (laughs) This would become Robert's favorite piece of bling. It's fit for a king. (laughs) I love that for him. Uh Uh-huh. With the full understanding these are pirates and they do, like, horrible shit. But also, I mean, pirates! There's, look, we wouldn't have so much pirate shit if all of us weren't kind of into it. Yep. Look, this was a requested episode. It was! I'm not sorry. It was! This guy, they were were taking on slave ships and hopefully, uh, you know what, I think... We talk about it. Okay. Well, we talk about his, at least. Okay, because I know some, obviously someone, and they they would still be considered cargo and they would plunder that and, like, do the bad thing. But sometimes they would be like, hey... Want to join? Yep. And they're like, shit, well, I sure as don't fuck want to do this, so. Yep. So, Rover next headed for Devil's Island, off the coast of Guiana, 
to spend the booty. <laughs> a few weeks later, they headed for the River Suriname, where they captured a sloop. After they sighted, yep. <laughs> After they sighted a brigantine, another, yeah, brig, <laughs> another boat. Wild. Uh, Roberts took forty men to pursue it in the sloop, leaving Walter Kennedy in command of the rover. The sloop became windbound for eight days, and when Roberts and his crew finally returned to their ship, they discovered that Kennedy had sailed off with Rover and what remained of the loot. Ooh. Roberts and his crew renamed their sloop Fortune and agreed on new articles, now known as the Pirate Code. They swore on a Bible to uphold this oath, and this is the Pirate Code. Weird that they would be swearing on a Bible. Like, I mean, not that... Like, it's what they knew. <laughs> I was gonna say, I don't think you guys are really living those values. No, but, look, it was probably the only book on the boat. <laughs> For real, yeah. Definitely. And, uh, so, I don't think I talk about it, but it is argued by historians whether or not Roberts was a religious man or not. Uh, he is rocking that ice. He do be rocking the ice, and uh, with the, the there's cross. some other things in the pirate okay. code All right. that kind of show. I don't know. One, every man has a vote in the affairs of the moment, has equal title to fresh provisions and strong liquors at any time seized, and may use them at those leisure, unless a scarcity makes it necessary for the good of all to vote a retrenchment. I mean, consider... Okay, so consider you're a poor person. That lives literally anywhere at this time. Mm-hmm. You have no say over right. most of what happens in your life. And most mm-hmm. of these, most of these countries are monarchies, mm-hmm. right? Like they're they're not. There's no democratic yeah. like beliefs here. And these there's guys no are idea like, of like sharing wealth. Like you're right. just poor forever, or you can be a pirate and you can have you have a means of controlling your own destiny. Yep, you're gonna have to do some terrible shit sometimes. <laughs> Yep. Look, uh, you, you make your choices. People are complicated, and yep. they, ha- they had some very difficult choices ahead of them. Yep. But so, and in this, everyone gets equal access to provisions. So, whether you're the captain or yeah. you're the lowliest guy, yeah. you're, you have equal access to food. Equal you know, it's access crazy to booze. what people do for human rights. Yep. <laughs> uh, Article 2 said every man to be called fairly in turn by list on board of prizes. Over and above their proper share, uh, they were on these occasions allowed a shift of clothes if they wanted to change up their outfits. Right. Uh, but if they defrauded the company to the value of a dollar in plates, jewels, or money, marooning was the punishment. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was kind of similar. If the robbery was between one another. They contented themselves with slitting the ears and nose of the guilty party and set him on shore, not in an uninhabited place, but (laughs) somewhere he was sure to encounter hardships. Okay, okay. Look, don't steal from us. (laughs) You're going to steal from other people, but not us. There's rules still. More like guidelines. (laughs) No person was to game at cards or dice for money. Ooh, gambling. Yep. Uh, the lights and candles were to be put out at eight fucking o'clock. And if any of the crew, after that hour, was still inclined to be drinking, you were to go up and do it on the open deck. You weren't doing it down okay. below where people were trying to sleep. All right. 
to keep, they were required to keep their piece, pistols, and cutlasses clean and fit for service at all times. Okay. No children or women would be allowed amongst them. And if any man were to be found seducing a woman and carried her out to sea, disguised or not, he would be put to death. Ooh, shit. No bitches allowed. That's too bad. Yep. Since she did not agree. <laughs> She's like, I'm not only am I going to be here, I'm going to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and some pirates also soon after this. There, there are quite a few female well, pirates. Yeah. And Eventually. I think it, uh, also though, that may be like a safety thing for women. Yeah. Honestly. Maybe. Because like, if you're out to see, see you with a bunch of men, that goes <laughs> They're like, what if she you. has her period? Well, no, but I'm, I know women I'm just, get raped. I, yeah, exactly. I'm just, I was a joke. It, it goes But bad. yeah, also that. Yeah. Um, if you were to desert the ship or your quarters during battle, the punishment was death or marooning. You were not allowed to fight one another on board. But every man's quarrel was permitted to be ended on shore with a sword and a pistol. Okay. No man talking of breaking up their way of living till each had shared in 1,000 pounds. If in order to do this, any man should lose a limb or become a cripple while in service, he was to be given $800 out of the public stock. Mm-hmm. And proportionately less if it was a lesser injury. Okay. $800 is $53,000 today. Yo, they got workman's comp. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> what the fuck? So. Yo. <laughs> this country, man, I tell you. <laughs> so you're, so imagine you're poor, right? You yeah. have no money. You have no means to anything. You're starving. <laughs> and these guys are like, look, you're going to eat what we eat. Yeah. You're going to get money. money. You're going to have the option for fresh clothes every time we take over a ship. <laughs> And, and if you get injured come. in the line of duty, we're going to give you $53,000. Shit. They, got, they have more <laughs> they they benefits. Have, they have more benefits. They have more benefits than most Americans have, like, up until, like, the 80s. And, and honestly, for some people still today. Not everywhere has workman's comp. Or do they? Maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's America. If they told me that, like, some places don't have workman's comp, I'd be like, I believe that. Yeah. The captain and quartermaster were to receive two shares of each prize. The master, the boatswain, and the gunner uh, would get one share and a half. All other officer ranks, one share and a quarter. Okay. So the captain of the boat only made double what the lowest man made. Right. And I mean, yeah, more responsibilities, more money. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> quite honestly, I mean, there's yeah. just, you know, we can learn some things. And the musicians were to have a rest day on the Sabbath. Hey. The other six days and nights, they were expected to be playing those jams. <laughs> but Sundays, Look, the Lord's Day, they had the day off to rest. Pirate shanties slap, y'all. I listened. The older I get, the more they make it their way onto my playlist. <laughs> the last Saskatchewan Pirate is a very good song. Uh, it is not about pirates that you... Uh, Eric, you know what? This is kind of on topic for you because uh, they're pirating in Saskatchewan, which I don't know if y'all know, that's landlocked. <laughs> um, but they're on a river. It's a very good song. Highly mm-hmm. recommend. Yeah. <sighs> so, do, 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 where are we? Yeah, so those are the pirate... That's the code that all Look. pirates after that would end up operating so, by. that's interesting. Well... 
Not that I do. Well, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies as gospel, but because they're like the the co put forth by Bar Morgan and Bartholomew, so that would have been it's like, him. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's this code and uh, and that what was I don't James Morgan I think uh huh first name so only that it's me <laughs> in late February 1720, they were joined by the French pirate Montigny La Palace. Mm. And it's fine. We're rolling. Okay. <laughs> In another sloop, the Sea King. <laughs> what a cool name. <laughs> the inhabitants. So they're going to Barbados. Sorry, okay. Eric. I know we said no Caribbean. But the inhabitants of. It's called Major Piracy. They all stop by at least once. Uh, the inhabitants of Barbados equipped were, uh, were equipped with two well armed ships, the Somerset and the Philippa, to try and put an end to their pirate menace. <laughs> on, the, on February 26th, though, they encountered these two pirate sloops. Mm-hmm. The Sea King fled quickly, and Fortune broke off after the engagement after sustaining considerable damage and was able to escape. Roberts headed for Dominica to repair the sloop, uh, with 20 of his crew dying of wounds in the process. Yeah, which, yeah. I'm sure if they had had it, like, if they knew, like, the concept of free health care, they would have had it at this time. But. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know that it was necessarily not free health care. Yeah. Just health care was shit when I'm you just, that, on a boat. That was, yeah, that was but my... I don't think I anyone going. charged you for yeah. taking care of you. Yeah, that was where I was going. It's just that health care is a very loose term yeah. at the time. Yeah. No penicillin being given out to these guys. Uh, there are also two sloops from Martinique out searching for pirates, and Roberts swore vengeance against the inhabitants of Barbados and Martinique. He had a new flag made, and with a drawing of himself holding a flaming sword <laughs> and standing upon two skulls, and unless anyone was con- confused, he labeled them. <laughs> AB, one skull was labeled ABH, a Barbadian's head. Oh. And the other one was AMH, a Martinican's head. Okay. And just a side note, this dude loved his flags. He had so <laughs> many. Brand consistency was not a concern of his. <laughs> Look. I, I hope it played out like that scene in Our Flag Means Death when all the pirates just have arts and crafts time and make flags because there are so I many kept flags. I thinking of that when I was writing <laughs> So they have like the the flags were all just color coded, but then they had they were naming all their ships, and it was like frogs meal. I was like, I really hope there was like everyone was sat in a boat and like I have a name. <laughs> yeah, if the you of the Eastern Sea, if you need just an outright heartwarming and hilarious show to watch, our flag means death. I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is brilliant and hilarious and good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but and this wasn't the only way. That Roberts was extra as fuck. He didn't dress in all black like the Dread Pirate Roberts of the Princess Bride. He was more Captain Hook. <laughs> He's commonly described as wearing a red waistcoat with scarlet breeches and a oh. scarlet flamingo plume. <gasps> oh, he's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the red costume may have been to disguise any blood in battle or as a demonstration for his disregard of anonymity. He wanted you to know who was coming for you. He's got that big-ass cross on. <laughs> he wore that cross every time they went to battle. Yeah, <laughs> You knew who was coming for you. He was that's not interesting. shy. Well, that's not... T- 
totally uncommon of pirates around this time. Yeah, like, so they, they were very yeah, flamboyant. Yeah, the more, and it would it could be based on, like, you know who's coming for you, but also kind of, like, fear tactics. So, like, mm-hmm. Blackbeard at the time would, like, I don't even know how he did this. I've thought about, I've, I put too much thought into this. He would braid uh, fuses into his beard and then light them on fire. So that when he went into battle, it, it looked like he had a flaming beard. And I was like, but how did he keep his beard from, <laughs> from actually not, yeah. becoming on fire? And I think about that a lot. If you have any ideas, uh, maybe they uh, had, historywoes like, at gmail.com. Maybe they had like flame retardants they I could have dip in. No, I, this is what I'm saying. I put a lot of thought. And I was like, he weaved like this into his beard like how did he not have his beard catch on fire and then you have a whole new problem during battle in case anyone ever feels that like people are throwing shade at you for being a millennial or gen z and being extra no you're not <laughs> no you're not no you're fucking not fuck those people maybe you're just a pirate that. so <laughs> the fortune heads northwards towards newfoundland raiding canso nova scotia okay and capturing a number of ships around cape breton uh, and the Newfoundland banks. Roberts raided the harbor of Fairyland, capturing a dozen vessels, and on June 21st, he attacked the larger harbor of Trepassy, sailing with its black flags flying. In the harbor, he discovered 22 merchant ships and 150 fishing ships. All of these vessels were immediately abandoned, by their panic-stricken captains and crews, mm-hmm. and the pirates immediately became the masters of Trepassy without any resistance being offered. Roberts captured all 22 merchant ships, but he was angered by the cowardice of these captains who just abandoned their ships. Every morning, he had a gun and fired it, and the captains were forced to attend to Roberts on board his ship at the firing of that gun. Yeesh. They were told that anyone who was absent would have his ship burnt out. (laughs) One ship from Bristol was taken over by the pirates uh, to replace the sloop Fortune, and it had been fitted out with 16 guns. When the pirates left in late June, they burned every boat in the harbor. Ooh. Didn't matter if you attended to the gunfire. Yep. Damn. He said, don't be... Pirates gonna pirate, man. Yep. He said, y'all need to learn how to act right. (laughs) Can't be a little bitch up in here. (laughs) After his exploits in Newfoundland, a state governor from New England commented, one cannot withhold admiration for his bravery and courage. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, During July, Roberts captured nine or ten French ships and commandeered one of them, fitting her with 26 cannons and changing her name, not to Fortune, because he does like that name, but to (laughs) Good Fortune. (laughs) All right. And this is a better ship, a more powerful ship. The pirates captured many more vessels before (laughs) heading south of the West Indies, accompanied by La Palace's sloop. I don't know, the French guy. (laughs) He had rejoined them. Uh, in September of 1720, Good Fortune was careened, which is where they, like, clean and fix the ship. Uh, and... Many barnacles to scrape off. Yeah. And I guess it's like a... I think that's fine. Uh, <laughs> um, and it was repaired at the island of Curacao, uh, before being renamed Royal Fortune. <laughs> it's like, now, nah, but it's gotta have fortune in it's it. It's like, good... No, no. What's better than good? What's better? Royal. (laughs) (laughs) 
the first of several ships that would be given this name by Roberts. <laughs> he just keeps this name going. Now he's got brain consistency. <laughs> not like, among oh. the flags. Right, he was like, shit, we have too many flags. We have, we have too many flags. What do we, what, how do we fix? I, I'm not getting rid of any of my flags. <laughs> Literally. There's like somebody who's like, what if we just changed up the flags if we did? No. I'm going to show you these flags so you can just appreciate. And this is not all of them, but. Yeah. And they're all so ridiculous. So yeah. one of them is uh, him standing on the skulls here. Yeah. Uh, and then there's one of him and it shows him and Death both holding an hourglass. Oh. Death has like an arrow. He's just chilling. <laughs> So yeah, so these are the what the what people call like the Jolly Roger. Like so, Jolly Roger is actually I think only one type of flag, but mm-hmm. it's refer but they refer to the like a uh, the collective of each flag being like racing the colors or racing the yeah. Jolly Roger. Um, yeah, yeah. He has Pretty another cool. one where it's death, and death is holding an hourglass and a crossbones, and then there's a dart like an arrow pointing down into a heart <laughs> that is bleeding, not. <laughs> An anatomical heart, a literal, like, <laughs> what you cut out on Valentine's Day heart. Which, fun fact, if you all don't know, um, it's not meant to look like an anatomical heart. It's meant to look like what it looks like when a woman bends over. Oh. Yeah. It looks like her butt. <laughs> that don't look. We look, do be loving that booty, especially people, pirates. People do be loving the booty. Um, there's another one where it's death's head, so a skull, right? And a cutlass under it. Um, and then there's another one where he has a flaming sword and a skeleton just waving at him. <laughs> uh, yeah. And this is like not all of his flags, but homie had so many flags. <laughs> he was like, I love all of them. Yes. All of them. I love it. Uh, do, do, do. Um, I forget where I was. Oh, yeah. So in September of 1720. Royal Fortune and Fortune <laughs> headed for the island of St. Christopher's. Uh, and they roll in flying their black flags, one of the many. And with their drummers drumming, trumpeters trumpeting. <laughs> and uh, they sail into the ships in this area called Basterra Bast- Road. Okay. Don't know why it's called. A road, but, but you know, that's not my business. I didn't name it. Um, all, I'm sorry, that's not my business. Uh, all of these ships promptly struck their flags, meaning they were overtaken mm-hmm. by the pirates. Next landfall was the island of St. Bart's, where the French governor allowed the pirates to remain for several weeks just to hang out, all spend right. their money. Okay. Uh, by October, they were out to sea again, off to St. Lucia where they captured 15 French and English ships in three days. Among the captured ships was the Greyhound, okay. uh, whose chief mate was James Skirm. He joins the pirates, and he will later become a captain of the consort ship, the Ranger. All right. He Wait, d- what's his name? James Skirm. Okay. All right. So, during this time, Roberts reportedly caught uh, the governor of Martinique, who was sailing aboard a 52-gun French warship. The governor was caught and hanged. Damn, he probably thought on, he was safe on that many, like, a ship with that many guns. He was hanged on the yardarm of his own ship. Ooh! 
And then Rough. the pirates. Well, you know, he'd been out for the Martiniques. He had. He had he it had. for him. Uh, he, look, he was standing on the skull. Yeah. And uh, now he is. And then that boat became the new royal fortune. <laughs> <laughs> I love this <laughs> so much. By spring of 1721, Robert's depredations had brought most of seaborne trade to a standstill in the West Indies. Yeah, it's crazy. Royal fortune and good fortune. <laughs> Set the new royal. and it, yeah, it's royal fortune like 4.0 at this point, <laughs> and good fortune 2.0 or 3.0 set sail for West Africa. Okay, on April 18th, the commander of good fortune left Roberts in the night and went on to continue raiding in the Caribbean. The royal fortune, however, continues towards Africa. Okay, by late April, Rob, and this is April 1722. Okay. Uh, Roberts was at the Cape Verde Islands. Okay, I'm nervous. <laughs> and Royal Fortune was found to be leaky, so they had to abandon oh. her. The pirates transferred to the Sea King, which was Royal Fortune 5.0 now. I was just going to say, it's fine if that one's leaky. <laughs> they have eight others. <laughs> the Royal Fortune 5.0 made landfall off the host- coast of Guinea in uh, June near the mouth of the Senegal River. The two French ships, one had 10 guns, one 16 guns. They gave chase, but uh, they were ultimately captured by Roberts. Both ships were commandeered. Uh, One of them, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, was renamed the Ranger. And the other one was renamed the Little Ranger. (laughs) Little Ranger was a store ship. Look, they, they, they find names, they're like, that's it. (laughs) That's the one. Damn, that's such a good name. (laughs) I love these stories. (laughs) Roberts next headed to Sierra Leone, uh, where he arrived in June. Uh, He was told by... (laughs) (laughs) Retired... Retired pirate named John Old Crackers (laughs) Ledstone. (laughs) (laughs) Old Crackers! (laughs) Some of these names are so good, and it's just John Old Crackers. John Old Crackers. Oh, that means they didn't even call him John. <laughs> just like, hey, Old Crackers. Of course, he's retired. How can you keep pirating with a name like that? Be like, oh, don't he's worry. Salty and it- stale. Don't worry, it's just old crackers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Of course he's retired. He's like, I can't. I have no respect on my name out there. <laughs> Call me old crackers. <laughs> I was really thinking I was going to be able to hold it together through that. I could not. Well, I wouldn't have been able to. So, <laughs> um, so old crackers tells him. <laughs> It's a wealth of wisdom, old crackers. <laughs> there are two Royal Navy ships. The HMS Swallow and the HMS Weymouth. And name branding is everything. <laughs> Swallow and Weymouth. Spelled Weymouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and left shit. at the end of April. And they were planning on returning before Christmas. So, on August 8th, he captured two large ships... At Point Sestos, now the River Sess in Liberia. 
One of those was a frigate, uh, the Onslow, transporting soldiers bound for the Cape Coast. And a number of the soldiers wished to join the pirates. No shit! They Sucks were, to be a soldier. Yeah, uh, they were eventually accepted. However, they only received a quarter of the pirates' pay uh, because they didn't have a ton of experience, okay, I guess. Yeah, they'll move up at some point. Uh, Onslow was... They're interns. Onslow was converted to be yet another royal fortune. <laughs> Sad they didn't name it after old crackers. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, he really did give us the heads oh, up here. We should really throw him a bone. Well, so this isn't even the boats he's talking about yet. Shit. These are just other Oh, ones. right, okay. Uh, in November and December, the pirates cleaned their ships uh, and relaxed at Cape Lopez. They captured several ba- vessels in January 172022. Nope. So, wow, 1722. Yep, that's how we say that. It's fine. I stumbled over many things I said in mine. And then sailed into Waida Harbor uh, with black flags flying. Eleven ships were anchored there, and they all immediately struck their colors. Uh, but they were restored to their owners after a ransom of eight pounds per, of gold dust per ship was paid. So he let them have their, their boats back, kind of. Okay. Because he was like, Is it, y'all got that gold, or what's up? Uh, one of the masters of the ships refused these terms. Oh. Uh, he had his crew climb aboard and set fire to the ship. The captured vessels, they were slave ships. And on the one that he had set fire to, there were about 80 enslaved Africans aboard, and they all perished. Oh, no. So, sad. Uh-uh. Um, on February 5th, the HMS Swallow came upon the pirate ship's Royal Fortune 8.0, or whatever the fuck it is now, Ranger... Pequeño Ranger. <laughs> Pequeño Ranger. <laughs> Rangerito. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were cleaning their ships at Cape Lopez. The Swallow veered away to avoid a shoal, making the pirates think that she was a fleeing merchant ship. Some sources claim that the captain spotted Robert's ship and turned the Swallow as a ruse. The Ranger departed in pursuit, commanded by James Skirm. Once out of earshot of the other pirates, the Swallow opened up her port guns and opened fire. Oh, shit. Ten pirates were killed. Skirm had his leg taken off by a cannonball, but refused to leave the dock. It's only a flesh wound. And eventually the ranger was forced to strike her colors. All surviving crew were captured. Uh-oh. On February 10th, HMS Swallow, so five days later, uh, returns to Cape Lopez and they find the Royal Fortune still there. On the previous day, Roberts had captured the Neptune, and many of his soldiers were just enjoying the, you know, the spoils of that. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of them were drunk as fuck and unfit oh, for duty no. when he needed them most. Oh, I've heard this story before! At first, the pirates thought that the approaching ship was the ranger returning. But then a deserter from the Swallow recognized it and informed Roberts while he was breaking fast with Captain Hill, the master of the Neptune. (laughs) As he usually did before action, he got dressed in his finest clothes. Okay. And the pirate's plan was to sail past the Swallow, which did mean exposing themselves to one broadside. The broadside, yeah. And once passed, they would have a good chance of escaping. Mm -hmm. However, the helmsman failed to keep the Royal Fortune, on the right course, and the Swallow was able to approach to deliver a second broadside. Oh, no. Okay. 
Captain Roberts was killed by grape shot, which stuck him struck him in the throat while he stood on the deck. Grape shot is like a buckshot but bigger. Yeah. So it sprays. Yeah. Before his body could be captured Oof. by the other captain, uh, Roberts had expressed his wishes to his crew that he wanted to be buried at sea with all of his arms and ornaments. All right. He so, had, well, he's already wearing it. Yeah. Maybe that's why he always wore it. Maybe. He so was he like, was if ready. I die, they're like, just toss me. Yep. And so uh, his final requests, I love a man with a death plan. <laughs> uh, he, his request was fulfilled by his crew. They weighed his body down and threw it overboard after wrapping it in his ship's sail. Did they have his to weigh body. it down with that big-ass cross on it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think He's it was good. that big. He's good, just kind of throw him. <laughs> Robert's death shocked the pirate world as well as the um... Royal Navy. Local merchants and civilians had thought him to be invincible, and some considered him a hero. The battle would continue for another two hours until Royal Fortune's mainmast fell and the pirates signaled for quarter. One crew member, John Phillips, what a good name, uh, <laughs> tried to reach the magazine, uh, so like where everything was stored, yeah. uh, with a lighted match. He was trying to blow up the ship to prevent it from being captured. Okay. Two men stopped him. They were like, yo, can we just calm down? Maybe, maybe, maybe we could just see what happens. Only three pirates had been killed in the battle, including Roberts. Mm-hmm. Oh. A total of 272 pirates serving under Roberts had been captured during the battle. Of them, 65 were former African slaves that Roberts had emancipated. Mm. They were all sold back into slavery. No! Okay. The remainder were taken to Cape Coast Castle, uh, apart from those who died on the voyage. 54 were condemned to death. 52 of those were hanged. Two were reprieved. Another 23 were allowed to sign indentured, or they just call it indentures, but I think it's like indentured servitude agreements, with the Royal African Company. Uh, A historian comments, uh, they exchanged an immediate death for a lingering one. Mm. 17 men were sent to prison in London for trial. Uh, Some of those were acquitted and released. Of the captured pirates who told their place of birth, 42% were from Cornwall, Devon, Somerset, 19% from London. There were smaller numbers from England, Wales, Ireland, Scotland, the West Indies, the Netherlands, and Greece. So they really were just like a melting pot of yeah. people from all over the place. An interesting tidbit, <clears throat> excuse me, tidbit is uh, that's the re. So like a lot of like you said, like a lot of people were from that same part. Mm-hmm. Is if you ever hear somebody from there, you'll be like, they sound like a pirate, and that's mm-hmm. because like a lot of them are from <laughs> the same place, and that's just kind of the accent. Okay, it's not fully like it's not like like mm-hmm. the Hollywood version, like yeah, but like when you hear them speak, you're yes, like, yes, it is, yes, it is. <laughs> when you hear them speak, you're like, what? Why does it sound? Oh, you sound like a pirate. That's because a lot of people are from the same place. <laughs> Fun. Uh, that makes sense, though. Uh, this battle proved to be a turning point in the war against pirates. And many consider the death of Roberts to be the end of the golden age of piracy. Mm. Roberts is widely considered to be the most successful pirate of the golden age. He took over 400 ships in the three years he was a pirate. And in some ways, he was the quintessential pirate. He loved to loot. He loved fashion. He loved his (laughs) flags. But he also had some traits that were unusual in a pirate. Notably, he had a preference for drinking tea rather than rum. He's often described as a teetotaler, but there are reports of him drinking occasionally. He certainly disliked drunkenness at sea, 
But it does appear that he also drank beer. Mm-hmm. But it's ironic that Robert's final defeat was facilitated by the drunkenness of his crew. Kind of what happened to Anne Bonnie's crew. Mm-hmm. She got the cash out. In pop culture corner, uh, Roberts is one of the four real pirates name mentioned in Robert Louis Stevenson's classic Treasure Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, he yeah. features in a number of historical novels and Welsh poems. Uh, he's a side character in Assassin's Creed Four, Black <laughs> Flag. Um, as you talked about at the beginning, he's the inspiration for the Dread Pirate Roberts and the Princess Bride. Uh, he's mentioned in Pirates of the Car- Caribbean for Caribbean mm, uh, for inventing the pirate code or mm-hmm. parlay. <laughs> and he is an NPC in the Pirates of the Caribbean World's End game. Uh, the name Bartholomew is a pirate name given to two villain pirates in the anime One Piece. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and yeah. in 2020, the Perth Mint issued silver and gold commemorative coins under authority of Tuvalu, featuring the royal fortune and Black Bart. Which one? <laughs> what a good question. And that is the true story of the Dread Pirate Roberts. Very, very, very good. Um, great story. Love to hear more about old crackers. Um, <laughs> And uh, if you learn nothing else, if you learn nothing else from this episode, you know, learn when to cash out, go run a gambling house. You know what I'm saying? No, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. (laughs) (laughs) That's what she went on to do. And she's like, I'm just going to go play cards. Yep. But yeah. All right. Well, that's so much fun. Okay. What a good episode. Yeah. So thank you, Eric, for suggesting that. And for for sponsoring your booze. Yeah. Providing the alcohol for the episode. That was awesome. Yeah, man. So we're probably going to go uh, pet dogs really soon. I do want to consume some pirate content today at some point. <laughs> now I'm like, ooh, I just feel so piratey. I'm sure um, we can work. Well, not here, but we can work. Yeah. Our internet's out. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. we can see what we can do. Yeah. So, uh, but, yeah. So uh, looking forward to doing the rest of this month uh, Patreon stories. Uh, we got a lot of really good ones that we got suggested. So, yeah. yeah. We're excited about it. Come see us next week. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, you can catch us on our Instagram, forward slash history woes. You can find us on our Patreon at forward slash history woes. And if you make a suggestion, your suggestion does go all the way to the top of the list of stories that we'll cover. Um, You can find uh, our link tree on our Instagram, which will take you to wherever our podcast is streaming. And uh, we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.